1: Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. I got a really special show for you today where I welcome Colin O'Brady. Colin is a bit of a different guest, and I think you are going to love our conversation. He is a 10-time world record-breaking explorer, speaker, entrepreneur, and expert on mindset. You're going to love or be amazed by some of his accomplishments. He is the world's first to solo, unsupported, and fully human-powered himself across Antarctica. He has speed records for the Explorer's Grand Slam and the Seven Summits and the first human-powered ocean row across Drake Passage. And his newest book is The 12-Hour Walk. Invest one day conquer your mind and unlock your best life. And today Colin and I talk about how all of his accomplishments are influenced by his marriage and his relationship and how his marriage impacts what he does and how he moves through his life through the lens of relationship. And there are are a lot of correlations between what he's doing and relationships. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by this bit of a different approach to thinking about your relationship and how to improve it. And Colin has a really exciting challenge that he is trying to get lots of people to do. Lots of people are already doing it. I'm going to do it. And that's a 12 hour walk. I know you might be like, No way when you first hear that, but I think you are going to be inspired to do your own 12-hour walk when you hear Colin talk about it, the reasons behind it, and really how it can improve your relationship and improve your life. And I think it is bound to. I can almost guarantee that if you sign up to do this and you really don't need to sign up in order to do it. You can walk out your door right now. Maybe you're already walking. Just continue for another 11 or so hours, but it will improve your life. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show and get out there for that 12-hour walk. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship.
0: Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days?
1: Yes. Sign me up.
0: (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients.
1: We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners.
0: And you've made it here, you've made it to listening to our show, so you guys probably already know that a little bit, but what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work, and that's why we created the course.
1: Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication.
0: And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off.
1: Hey, Colin, thanks so much for joining me on the show
2: today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you.
1: So in the pre-show, we were talking and yeah, you're different guests for the show. And that's particularly why I was excited to have you on. I've shared with our listeners all of the amazing things that you've accomplished. And I thought it'd be super interesting to talk to you about those things, but through the lens of more personally, how your marriage has influenced or informed you throughout everything that you're doing so maybe we could start by having you share with our listeners just like an overview of how you look at your marriage in in your life and then we'll talk about it in relation to the things that you've accomplished
2: yeah 100 percent. no it's um it's uh, the core part of my life you know it's uh i guess with accolades or accomplishments everyone have world records you know things that I've done you know has my name next to them but it has 100% been a function of myself and my wife Jenna um and we've been fellow dreamers co-conspirators business partners lovers all of the things um and been blessed to really been in each other's life for a long time uh, we've been together uh 15 years so i'm i'm 37 so we we met when we were quite young um we met on a small island in fiji of all places i was uh bumming around the world after college i uh, didn't have a bunch of money but i painted houses and saved up for a one-way plane ticket and the the um travel agent said, well, you're trying to get to New Zealand. I was trying to go on the cheapest ticket possible from the U S and they said, there's this ticket actually has a free layover in Fiji. Um, and I was like, All right, Um, sure. Uh, And so I stop on a free layover in Fiji uh, and check into this like really, you know, really cheap little spot on a small island out there. And my wife Jenna, she's American, but she was studying abroad at the University of Sydney in Australia uh, in college, and she had taken a trip with girlfriends for like the college spring break trip, and we ended up on the same tiny little island, and we met um, and we fell in love as as young people fifteen years ago. Um, But it has been just amazing. Um, to be on this journey of life uh, together. Um, my first book I, I did in the dedication, I think sums up really well uh, how I feel about Jenna. I said to Jenna Bisa, I call her Jenna B. uh I heard her last name's Bisa, But I said to Jenna B, the love of my life, the keeper of my memories, um, because we have just built so many memories, um, both good and bad and the ups and downs, of course, of any relationship, but really gone through the fabric uh, of life together. And I'm sure as we'll talk about on this, this conversation, um, we've been in, you know, life and death scenarios together. We've held each other through really intense moments. Uh, her support, her love, her tenacity, her courage, um, has really been the difference, uh, in everything that I've done and accomplished in my life. That's for sure.
1: I want to dig in to the life or death stuff in a bit that I'm curious. But did she know pretty early on that, that you had this adventurous streak in the relationship?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, we, you know, given where we met, you know, we met in Fiji of all places, um, you know, both of us recognizing each other kind of fellow, uh, adventurers, uh, so to speak, you know, I guess my adventures to walking solo across Antarctica or, you climbing big mountains and things like that wasn't exactly her idea of adventure, but, um, her mother, uh, she grew up, uh, as a, as an only child, single mother, and her mother was a flight attendant. And so her mother always kind of inspired in her, like the idea of travel, um, and being able to sort of expose herself to the world and adventure. Um, and so I think that that's where, although on the surface, you know, Jenna isn't someone who identif- self identifies as like a hardcore athlete or a- adventure. Although, um, as I read about in my new book, the 12 hour walk, she does manage to uh, summit everest so she's she's no slouch herself um that's for sure but she um that wasn't the way she grew up, but she did grow up with this core of curiosity about adventure. And so I think that we recognize that in each other. Um, and, and we're drawn to that. I think drawn to live somewhat of an unconventional life um, through through the lens of adventure and and being curious uh, in, in our life. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been interesting because there's a lot of people uh, that have said, well, wow, I can't believe, you know, almost like your wife lets you do these things that are so dangerous or something like that. And it's like, what do you mean? She, she dreamed this up with me. You know, we, we've been in it together. So it has hasn't been like a, I guess, like a compromise. I've heard from other people who have, you know, done similar expeditions. Like they, I remember a friend of mine telling me um, that he met his wife and she thought it was so cool that he had been to Antarctica so many times. He'd been to the South Pole. But the second they got married, she was like, why are you away all the time? You're always in Antarctica exploring, exploring. it's sort of like, just, it was like, well, that, that's what you like. That was the initial attraction. And now you're frustrated by that, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and that has never been um, an issue for Jenna and me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want to get into that because just your Antarctica expedition and you were two months away on this. And I think a lot of times in relationships, we see something we like in a person. And then maybe not a lot of times, but this can happen, but then we try to change them. You know, it's like, I like that. And it seems so adventurous, but two months like, so there has to be a communication of like, Hey, I have these dreams and I want to maybe. (laughs) not everyone, actually no one else is crossing Antarctica for two months. So that's an extreme example, but you know, Hey, I want to pursue this career and I'm going to be away. And so setting those expectations so that our partner, it's not like a surprise and, and communicating, Hey, this is really important to me. And I want to pursue these things. So how did you and Jenna communicate about that and kind of balance those things?
2: I think the biggest thing for us is that, like I said, we met relatively young, um, and we we did fall madly in love um, when we first met each other in Fiji, and then I subsequently um, went over to Australia to to follow her, so to speak, because uh, she was there and I was traveling, so I was excited to spend more time with her. Um, but I was in the space of my life where I was, you know, traveling around the world by myself, and she was still um, studying uh, in school and she went back to school in Florida, and. It's an interesting, there's been a few early in our relationship, but I actually think it's been an interesting um, blueprint for the rest of our relationship. In the first few years that we were dating, the emotions were very strong and intense and you know, full of love and lust and passion and, and all the things. Um, but our lives in that moment in time weren't perfectly synced, meaning the only way for us to be together in the same, share the same physical space. And in that, in that phase, when, you know, she's in school in Florida, I'm traveling the world, or I get my first job in Chicago, et cetera, would have been for one of us to make a really significant compromise. Um, meaning it would have been kind of sacrificing our other values just for the sake of the relationship, which again, there's certain instances where that, I think that does make sense. But looking back, I remember, so I was, I was working a job in Chicago. She was finishing up school in Florida and she says to me, should I get a job in, should I get a job in Chicago? And I said, well, what are your other options? Um, And she was like, well, I never really want to live in Chicago. I'm only saying that because like you live there and you have a job there. So like, that would be my reason for moving there. And I could look for jobs. Like, you know, she was going to get a job after college. Like, you know, it's a big city and hopefully there's opportunities. Right. So what are your other options? She says, well, my childhood best friend wants to move back to Australia, um, be young, work as bartenders, and then save up some money and travel around Asia for six months after that. And kind of voting, so to speak, against my own best interests, I said to her, I would be the biggest asshole in the world if I told you to come get a job in Chicago when that's that's your other, you know, opportunity. Basically an opportunity to take somewhat of a gap year after college and kind of be young in the world and explore a little bit. um, Because I was like, that's exactly what I, that's why you met me. You met me when I was doing the equivalent of that trip in my own life. Um, So she took that route. She didn't move to Chicago. Um, and ultimately of course that meant more time apart. Um, and then our love story kind of came back together, uh, later on in some beautiful and serendipitous ways. But the point in, in sharing that story is we have always prioritized, understood, um, allowing the other person to grow in the, in the, in the invaluable moments of their life. We're tra- not trying to hang on too tight. When I look back at that, I go, If I had asked her to move to Chicago, I can pretty much tell you right now, we wouldn't be having a conversation about Jenna, this woman I've been with for 15 years. I think she would have moved there and have been fine and then some resentment and like, why am I in Chicago? I could be doing this and whatever. And inevitably that would happen. So your question about my adventures, I think is in a similar context of like, she bought in and we both have bought into seeing each other's full essence and being like, if that thing is the thing that's lighting you up, like I want to support you doing that, even if for temporary periods of time that means spending some time apart. Now, what's been, you know, part of what I'm sharing here, it sounds like oh we spend all this time apart. Now the irony is by committing to doing these things together and building this life together and working together on this Jenna and I now have you know traveled to fifty some countries together. We we work together. We spend so much time together, and I actually think, funny enough, we spent way more time together in physical space than most other partners do. Even the ones that live in the same city uh, or in the same house as one another all the time, because in the middle of our days, throughout our days, we're together. We're, we're spending time. So I think a, a big a big key has been. When you see each other's passion, whatever that is, no judgment of what that is, right? It's not like, oh, I wish you were more passionate about X, Y, Z. It's like, if you see that person sitting across me that you love light up about something, being like, great, let me support and, and do that. Even if that means we're going to spend a little bit less time or it's going to divert your attention away from this. Um, so yeah, that's worked for us anyways.
1: Well, it's the cliche. If you love something, set it free. There's a reason for that cliche because it's true. You know, if you try to rope her into Chicago because you want that security of having her there. And that's an understandable feeling. If someone's feeling that it's like, I don't want to lose this person, but that's out of fear, you know, instead of out of love of like, I love you and I would love for you to experience that. And yeah, I'll be sad that we're apart. But if we want this to work, we'll then come back together.
2: And I think that's, it's, it's core. It's been prioritizing. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm certainly not the only one that has this belief, but I definitely strongly believe that when my partner is at their best, when they're the most lit up, when they're the most happy, they're, they're the best version of themselves and therefore the best partner, the best lover, the best, you know, the best friend, et cetera. Um, And not having a jealousy around what that is, meaning, uh, you know, Jenna and I are, gosh, our lives are so intertwined and I couldn't imagine life without her. Um, But I also recognize that I can't be every single thing for her, right? Like I can't be all of her happiness and all of her support and all of her this, which means the second you kind of take that pressure off, it's not a, it's not a, um, not the easy way out, right? Like it, it, so it sounds like, oh, well, fine. Or you just like saying like, oh, I can't be everything, but it's actually saying like, I can't be everything. Meaning like, I know you're going to have to find fulfillment and depth and love and other things outside of this relationship. And I think that that's really important, um, to acknowledge because that, then that allows you to really show up as your, as your best selves for one another. Um,
1: exactly. Beautifully said. And you alluded to it earlier when, when someone would be like, I can't believe your partner lets you do that. It's like, are you not allowed? To, you know, go and play golf. I always think of golf. I don't play golf, but that's like the cliche thing in the States is like the guy, it's yeah. a popular hobby. He's got to ask for permission to go play golf or sneak away. And it's like, that's such a bad place to be in that we should be embracing. And, and like I said, I don't want to shame people for saying that or feeling that because I think it is a bit of, especially if you're anxiously attached and your partner's like, Hey, they're super passionate about golf and they're at the range almost every day and they're out there. You can feel like you're losing your partner and there might be things to communicate there. But if you have a solid foundation and, and there's also trust, which is really important, then actually allowing your partner the freedom to pursue those other passions, as you said so nicely, is going to pay dividends in the relationship rather than this push and pull of like, Oh, you played golf yesterday or this
2: or that and resentment builds. And well, it's interesting when, so my, my new book, it's called the 12 hour walk. Um, and in each, in each chapter, I talk you know, about these adventure stories. There's a lot about my relationship in there because my life is really revolves around my relationship and my marriage. Um, and each, in each, uh, component of of the book, each chapter, each short chapter breaks down one of the most common limiting beliefs I think we all have that stand in the way of us living our best and most fulfilled lives. And they're they're, they're common limiting beliefs, right? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. What if I fail? What if people criticize me, Um, etc. But what you said um, in the chapter that I read about time um, resonates with something you just said, which is, at its core, this book is a call to action, and it, the call to action asks people to take a 12-hour walk, meaning take one day, turn off your phone, put it in, put your phone in airplane mode, put it in your pocket, walk out your front door, and walk in silence and stillness by yourself in solitude. Um, and, and again, you don't have to be a world-class endurance athlete. Take as many breaks as you want. I don't care if you walk one mile or 50. But the exercise is spending a day by yourself in the stillness and silence and being outside um, and walking. You know, as much as you can, basically. And we can talk more about the sort of the theory behind that, but it's powerful, and I've seen it. You know, it's changed my life. It's changed. I've watched it change other people's lives. So I'm passionate about sharing this book and really this goal to action. My goal is to get 10 million people inspired to take this walk because I think it's a great reset of of mind, body, and spirit. But as it relates to what you're saying about, um, you know, playing golf or whatever that is, the bargaining of that in relationships. What I say in there is one of the common limiting beliefs of, you know, taking this day to yourself essentially is, well, I don't have enough time for that. Um, you know, I've got kids, I've got a busy life, I've got a job, like, you know, all these things. And when I hear people say the common limiting belief is I don't have enough time, what I hear them a lot saying is because I need to show up for my family because I need to show up for my partner that I couldn't just leave them alone. So this would be selfish for me to take this day to myself. And, Certainly one of my beliefs anyways, and what I write about in the book is trying to rewrite that limiting belief. Like self-care is not selfish. Self-care is selfless. Meaning you are saying you want to be a better partner or a better parent. And that's why you don't want to miss this one thing in this one day. So you don't have this one day to take for yourself or going out your, your perception from your partner is you playing golf is just you wasting time away from the family or something like that. But to me, it's a reframe on that. It's to say like, I'm inviting you to take this 12-hour walk because the presence of investing 12 hours, which really isn't that much time, a day, not even a full day, not overnight, in 12 hours in yourself, that's going to make you be a better partner, a better spouse, a better parent, a better you know, wor- worker at your job, whatever that is, because you're going to have taken the time to invest in your own mental health, your own spiritual practice, your own you know whatever that is you know, golf is that for some people, right? Like golf, golf is that. Um, and I'm not a golf, I don't play golf myself, but it can be anything. It doesn't really matter what it is. But the frame on that is saying like, Hey, honey, I, I-, I need to take a-, a few hours to just clear my head and do something different so that I can come back and be an even better more lit up version of myself versus the scarcity mentality of that is you're the, when you when you were describing the partner saying, don't play golf. It's like, well, don't play this because you should be doing these things, and that's not productive for our relationship because you're blah, 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 blah. Like, and it's like, I choose to see it the other way, which is like that self-care, that time, that presence, this 12-hour walk that I'm trying to inspire people to take, that is an investment in self. And when you invest in yourself, then you are the better partner. Then you are the better person in this relationship. Um, it's not taking away from it, it's actually adding to it. And both, and that goes both ways. And in having the Ability to do that yourself, to 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 actually, you know, say that you want this, speak up for that in your relationship, but also encourage your partner to do the same, right? To say like, selfishly, I want my partner to be the best version of themselves because they're the best partner within that. And if that means they want need to go play golf this weekend, like they should go play golf because every time they come back, they're lit up and they're smiling, and we have the best have you know, best time that evening after that because you know they're full, uh, their cup is full, so to speak.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. What's your summer fantasy, a whirlwind romance in Italy, getting wet, dancing in a warm rainstorm, or maybe an unexpected summer fling. No matter how you want to get steamy this season, Dipsy has a sexy story for you to indulge in all of your fantasies dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short sexy audio stories designed by women for women they bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters no matter what you're into or what turns you on find stories about that intriguing coworker with a british accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor they even have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat up things with your partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash I do. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash I do. Dipsystories.com slash I do. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you're like me, my morning coffee routine affects how I experience my entire day. The routine is both grounding and energizing. And after I drink my coffee, I feel clear and ready to take on my day. So let's take that analogy a little further. Have you ever thought about how we care for our minds affects how we experience not just our day, but our entire life? Well, it's true. Giving yourself the gift of therapy can positively affect how you experience life. It's important to invest time and care into keeping your mind healthy. Just like my coffee helps me feel clear about my day, therapy has always helped me feel clear and more prepared to take on whatever is going on in my life. I'm very lucky to have friends and family that are there for me, but sometimes you really need to share what's going on with someone that is a professional and not as involved in your life as your loved ones. I love how my sessions always help me put things in the right perspective. If you've been thinking about therapy, I definitely recommend it. BetterHelp is a great option when looking for a therapist. Their online therapy platform offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. It's nice because if you're busy, you can do it from anywhere with your phone or computer. Or if you're new to therapy and not very comfortable yet, you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist that fits your needs in under 48 hours. And good news for our listeners. It just got easier and more affordable. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash i do. That's betterhelp.com help, slash i do. Betterhelp.com slash i do. Have you heard of AG1? Well, I wanted to know what all the hype was about, and now it's become a staple for my day-to-day life, and I'm pretty sure it might become one for you too. It checks so many boxes for me. It's simple and takes no time, helps with energy, gut health, and your immune system. And it tastes pretty good. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG one, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced ingredients, probiotics, and apnogens to help start your day off. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. One of the reasons I incorporated it into my life is because it supports mental clarity and alertness. So it's one of the first things I do in the morning before going for a surf or taking my daughter to school. It's a great way to start the day knowing that I'm giving my body all the good things. It's also an all-in-one nutritional investment. It costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and is cheaper than your cold brew habit. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash I do. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash I do to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the theory behind the 12-hour walk. I love that challenge. In the pre-show, we talked a little bit about I used to compete in endurance sports and So I'm thinking and I want to dive into that with you, too, of like just what it's like alone with your thoughts and what you find that that does. I mean, you walk for two months across Antarctica. You're asking people to walk for 12 hours. So talk to us a little bit about the theory behind that.
2: Yeah. So when I was, um, crossing Antarctica, I crossed Antarctica alone, 54 days. Um, I was pulling a 375 pound sled full of my food and fuel it was pretty, pretty out there extreme to say the least. It was definitely on the very edges of my, uh, boundaries of sort of human capacity. No one had ever completed that crossing before people had uh, died trying. I mean, there's sort of a long history of this attempt at this crossing and I ended up becoming the first to do it. Um, and I walked every day for 12 hours. That was sort of my maximum that I could walk. That was my daily maximum. And I was doing something called unsupported. So there's no resupplies of food or fuel or anything like that. That's just why I had 375 pounds sled behind me because I basically had all my food with me for two months. Um, And so the sled got progressively lighter. But I will say there was so many moments of depths of challenge, of, of fear, of anxiety, of despair, et cetera. But I also deleted all my music, all my podcasts to go deep into my mind intentionally. And after the initial kind of shock of what am I doing or this is terrible or it's minus 40 degrees and what the hell am I doing out here again? I actually found this deep calm, this really deep calm. And and my wife, Jenna, she again helped plan and prepare this project with me. And she was the only person I talked to during the time. I had a sat phone, which obviously it's not like chatting on your iPhone or anything like that, but a crackly connection where we could communicate a little bit every day. Um, And on the last week or so... I'm running out of food. I'm near towards the end. And I start just getting this deep resonance of um, what I call infinite love. I actually, although I was in solitary space um, alone, I actually, more than anything, started feeling connected to... Jenna, my wife, my family, my friends. I have a nonprofit where I inspire kids. So it's the kids in the school that I, you know, work with. Is like I just actually felt a deep connection and presence, and I actually started. You know, it sounds silly, but I was out there on the ice, actually repeating to myself, "Infinite love, infinite love, infinite love." And so I found this sort of deep kind of space um, in the quiet and stillness of my mind. And you know, when I finished this crossing, there was all sorts of accolades and press and media and external praise and all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, I'm, I'm proud and honored by all of that. But the thing that really impacted me the most was this feeling, this feeling of just calm, fulfillment, depth, peace. And I thought that it was something I could kind of take with me. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this forever. I'm always going to be able to tap into that. And in some respects, that's true. But I found myself a couple of years later in the COVID lockdown, which I think we all remember, you know, March, April of 2020. Um, in a pretty bad headspace. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm locked inside. I had a bunch of stuff planned for the year. Um, big book tour for my last book. And Jen and I were going to go on this big adventure in Nepal and all these things. And it's like, you know, just like everyone else, like everything's canceled. Right. So I'm locked in my house, just like everyone else, doom scrolling the news, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Like, you know, it's a scary time. And I found myself in a pretty dark headspace, um, pretty far detached away from this sort of positivity that I felt. I thought back to myself, like, when's the last time I felt this deep presence um, in my mind? It's just me and Jenna and our dog, uh, you know, in this small cabin in the Oregon coast. My family has a home. I said, you know, the last time I actually felt, it's so weird because Antarctica is a place that could literally kill me every single day in this intense environment. But that's when I felt deeply calm in my brain was in Antarctica. And I was like, but what was I doing? I was actually just walking alone in silence. And so I said to Jenna, this might sound ridiculous, but I was kind of grasping at straws to do anything that, that got me out of this rut that I was in. And I said, um, I'm going to get up tomorrow and go for a 12-hour walk all day. And she was like, okay, have fun. You know, just kind of laughs at me, but she's like, she knows, she knows my personality. So I walk out on the Oregon coast, walk out my front door, my about 20 minutes in, my phone buzzes in my pocket and I instinctively pull out of my pocket to see who's texting me or whatever. And then I stop myself short. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I've been staring at my social media. I've been responding to my texts. I've been Zoom calling my family during COVID. I doom scrolling the news, whatever. Like, I was like, I I don't need my phone, this phone on this walk. So I I keep my phone with me, but I put it in airplane mode. And so for the next 12 hours, no music, no podcast, no external inputs. I just walk. And as I walk, This kind of depression, this anxiety, this intensity of the COVID moment starts to kind of slowly dissipate. And I kind of find with my steps, each step, this um, synchronicity and this inner calm, again, that I hadn't found in such a long time. So I get back home after 12 hours. And before I even say anything, Jenna looks at me and she just smiles. She's like, ah, she just, I think she said something like it worked or you seem different. Um, And she could tell that this calm had been restored. So I thought to myself, well, is this something that I was able to tap into only because of what I've done in Antarctica or because I'm this athlete that pushes this body and all this kind of stuff. But there was all these other friends of mine during this COVID lockdown who I talked to and I said, you know, this might sound crazy, but like I did this thing and it like really was just a life changing thing for me with my mind, my mental health, my mindset. So I encouraged Jenna to do it. She did it. I encouraged my family members and my mom did it, friends did it, et cetera. And every single person came back with just an improved uh, headspace, an improved mindset, an inner strength, an inner calm, and inner peace. not to say that it was easy for people. In fact, it was difficult. Just like Antarctica was difficult for me, there was tough moments. But fighting through the challenge, through that difficulty, found that inner peace, this inner calm. And so what I've come to advocate when I'm so excited about this book, The book is really about breaking down limiting beliefs and conjuring something I call a possible mindset. So an empowered way of thinking that unlocks a life of limitless possibilities. But not through just reading a book about it or listening to a podcast. I love books. I love podcasts. You don't get me wrong. But also then taking what you learned in that and having an experience, an experience that can deeply imprint an individual and unique experience. And so that's the 12-hour walk. And it has is changing lives. It's having deep impact. And like I said, it is really meant to meet you wherever you're at. Like, I don't care if you walk for one mile or 50 miles, take as many breaks as you want. My 77 year old, um, uh, you know, mother-in-law has done the 12 hour walk. Her 12 hour walk looked like her walking one block around her neighborhood, then sitting on her front porch in stillness and quiet for an hour, then walking another time around her block. Like it can, it really meets you whatever. It's an exercise of the mind, but by taking one day, away from social media, one day away from your phone, one day from those external inputs and actually listening to your inner thoughts. There's so much you can work out and bring this full circle to relationships. um, I definitely fundamentally believe relationships, you know, of all kinds, but certainly primary relationships like a spouse or a partner um, is, I think perhaps the most important thing that we we all can have. Maybe uh, deciding who that person is or finding that person might be the single most important thing that dictates happiness and fulfillment over time. And I have this thought, you know, I've had people reflect on me the, through their 12-hour walk that in the context of a relationship, now people are thinking all sorts of things. Not everyone's in this mindset, but some are thinking about relationships because it's so important. And... I've had people make some pretty big decisions about relationships or revelations about relationships through this walk. It gives you a moment to reflect and be like, this is my person. Like, this is my person. And I'm not showing up for this person this way. And so, you know, coming back and wanting to make that change. Or conversely, I've had people go, you know, I've been in this relationship for three years and I've been asking myself, is this a person I'm supposed to marry? Because like, it just seems like the most next obvious step. But if I'm honest, like, it's fine. You know, I think of life as a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest highs and one being the lowest lows. And They're just kind of stuck in this four to six range of comfortable complacency of just kind of like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. And the 12-hour walk gives the presence of mind to tap in and be like, tap into your intuition, tap into your inner knowing and go, you know what, I love this person. I don't ish- wish them ill will, but maybe this isn't my forever person and I need to actually have the courage to rip this Band-Aid off and to have this thing. And we, I know I'm on a long ramble here, but we, we... We, in our busy lives, and I'm not vilifying technology. I'm not saying now become a monk. I'm, go, get, this is a way to integrate back into a normal life with, where you use your phone, where you're on your social media, where you're texting your friends, where you're on your computer, when you're listening to podcasts. But it's worthwhile to take a day to check in. This stillness and silence, there's so much power in that you already have inside of you. You don't need anything else. There's no, nothing else you need. You just need yourself and the commitment to taking this 12 hours. And so it can be really revelatory in a lot of ways.
1: I love it. You got me excited to embark. I was, uh, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, I got to do this. And I'm picturing how I'm going to walk up the coast here. Amazing. But yeah. There's a lot of clarity you, you mentioned or tapping into your intuition of, of taking that pause. And obviously we're a relationship advice podcast. We talk about the psychology, attachment theory, all these things that are important to understand, but always like simple solutions. And, and obviously this isn't necessarily going to give you a solution, but it's beautiful thing to create some space in your life to create those 12 hours to exercise and move in a sense that our body is moving. And that frees up the space for our mind to process these things. And even I'm thinking to past therapists, and, and I loved this advice. If you're in a argument with a partner, one of the best things you could do is to step away and take time because our cortisol is jacked up and we're not thinking rationally. And then we say things we don't mean where we can be hurtful to our partner and just taking a pause and and stepping away. But even better, you know, going for a walk, there's something about movement as well and being alone with our thoughts. And then that could be for 10 minutes and then come back and you're probably going to have a much more productive conversation. It's a reset. So what you're advocating for, and it's based on experience and, and you're getting great feedback, I really love because it's like a, you don't need to be in an argument to go and do it, but it's like a reset and it's creating that space that we do need because of modern life. is busy and jobs and like you said, technology and it's Altering how we show up as a a human in the world. It's not really natural. You know, we evolved to walk. You know, you could tie in. I'm sure you've read or maybe you incorporate it in your book, but like hunter gatherers or tribal societies, like we did a lot of walking and we don't do that. You know, you and I are here sitting. Obviously we're having this conversation. It's great, but a lot of people are doing that for 12 hours a day in front of their computer, banging out emails. So I love it. Definitely inspiring.
2: I love it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the 12 hour walk, uh, the, the book is books out August 2nd. Um, the, the, the premise, like I said, the book is full of advice. Um, I think that's valuable, you know, taken from my own experience, et cetera, how to get over limiting beliefs. And you can do the 12-hour walk itself any day. Um, you know, on my website, register is completely free. It's is meant to meet you where you're at, you know, pair of shoes and pick a day and, and that's it. And off you go. Um, but I am for people that are kind of looking for a, a day to put it on their calendar. I'm galvanizing mass participation on September 10th. Um, so I'll be walking that day. A lot of people have already signed up to walk that day. So if that if an extra little bit of accountability, still alone, it's still solo, it's still from your front door, but just that knowledge of tribe, of community, of of accountability to say, okay, I'm doing it, I'm putting it on my calendar. Um, it's funny how just that little piece of uh inertia can create, you know, they can stop you, like, oh well, when am I gonna do it? So it's like September 10th, if you're if you're struggling that and then One thing I'll share too that I think is interesting with this and I think it it does equate to relationships as well. But the 12-hour walk it's an invitation to, to take this journey um, a single day. But it actually, that journey um, starts right now. And what I mean by that, the, the exercise, the growth that can come from it, that conjuring of that mindset comes right in this moment when you're listening to this podcast. Um, and I love, what, I love what you did, Chase. You're like, well, where am I going to walk? I'm going to do this. Like, the idea... You're listening to this right now. You're listening to this have a conversation about this. It's probably the first time you're hearing about this. And... Your brain is doing one of two things. There's there's one person that's like, oh my god, I'm doing that 100. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm signed up. Like, okay, great. You're off. You go. Right. Awesome. And then there's the, the opposite. Someone's like, that's the stupidest, worst idea I've ever heard. I'm definitely never doing that. Whatever. But most people are somewhere in between that, where they're going like, huh, that's interesting. Should I do that? Is that a value? Whatever. And then it, it, this happens. This because this happens to me. This happens to every human. We have this sort of reasoning, this logic that goes in our brain that starts going like. Well, here's why I wouldn't do that. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't have I don't have the time. Um, yeah, like you know, um, I think I just get tired. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like being on my comfort. Zone. Oh, this isn't for me, right? What's interesting is the book itself is about limiting beliefs. The the walk itself is about overcoming limiting beliefs. And what's interesting is why I say the journey starts right now is this conversation you hearing about this is me holding up a mirror to you the limiting beliefs that you might be applying to the 12-hour walk right now as to why you should or shouldn't do this, interestingly enough, are most likely the same limiting beliefs that are coming up time and time and time again in your relationship, in your job, in your passions, in your creativity, etc. The point being is the 12-hour walk itself, the experience of the 12 hours is deep and profound. But between now and the start line of the 12-hour walk is a process of you facing your own limiting beliefs. And Having an opportunity, my invitation is to say, huh, just like in a meditation, you look at that, you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, oh, I do see that in myself now. Shoot. That mirror is showing me that. You know, That's what our partners do sometimes too, right? They show us a mirror into ourselves and we get to choose. We get to say, you know what? I want to be a better version of myself. I want to work on that. And maybe it's not as, as quick as just snapping your fingers and you're better, but your partner in a good, healthy relationship can point out like, hey... You know, it hurts my feelings when you say these kinds of things. So therefore, maybe next time this comes up, you can approach it differently. The 12-hour walk is no different. Your own inner dialogue is saying something to you right now. And if it's a limiting belief telling you why you shouldn't do this thing, think about maybe the other dozens of times that same limiting belief, that same fear, that same doubt is playing out in other elements of your life. But if you fight through that, if you put September 10th or any date on the calendar, you take the 12-hour walk, you go... I thought about doing this. When I first heard it, I had this limiting belief. I fought through it. I completed the 12-hour walk, which means it proves to myself that that was just a limiting belief, not a truth, a belief. And beliefs can be shifted and changed and adapted. And so to me, that's one of the most interesting and, you know, I don't know if the words fun is right, but certainly interesting elements of this exercise is the exercise itself is deep and profound and has life-changing impacts. I've seen it firsthand and continue to see it every day that people take this on. But the actual this moment, the curiosity around, is this for me? Isn't this for me? Is a mirror into your own psyche and an invitation for you to explore that and realize, huh, maybe these, these limiting beliefs are on a loop in other ways in my life. And what are the ways they're holding me back? Can I rewrite that narrative?
1: I love it. That's so powerful. Thank you, Colin, for sharing. And before we wrap up, I got to ask, has
2: Jenna done the 12-hour walk? Jenna has done the 12 hour walk. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's now integrated in sort of, a, a quarterly or, you know, by, you know, twice a year kind of practice for us. Um, and, and every single time it's been really powerful, um, both individually and as we come back and kind of integrate that experience together, it's always so powerful to hold that, that space. The, um, I think for anyone, um, specifically thinking about relationships, obviously listen to this podcast for that reason. You know, the 12-hour walk, although it's very easy to read my bio and say, oh, this guy set 10 world records on this like hardcore stuff, whatever. There's certainly rich storytelling that'll keep you intrigued along those those lines. But at its essence, um, a lot of what I write about is actually relational, is about love is about, um, community. Um, and the last chapter of this book, I won't spoil it, but really is one of the most epic adventures that Jenna and I take together, holding each other in life or death stakes in each other's hands and coming out the other end in one piece. And that is a hundred percent a function of the trust that we have established and the love and the compassion and the caring that was established over 15 years together and really putting that, um, to practice in the the highest of highest stakes. So I don't think, um, as a reader you'd be disappointed on those regards if you're looking for something on the lines of relationships. Um, so yeah, a uh, pleasure to be here with you and I'm excited for you to do the 12 hour walk, my friend. I want to hear how it goes on the other side.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. And I think it's great what you're doing, inspiring people to do that. And like I said, for so many reasons, we you've talked about a lot, but for so many reasons, relationally, it's going to help all these things, but just to get out there, to tackle our limiting beliefs, to move our bodies, to disconnect from our phones. So really cool project you got going, Colin. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye?
2: Yeah, um pretty active on Instagram. So, at Colin O'Brady, that's my most active um, Instagram or social media account. Uh, the new book is called The 12 Hour Walk. Um, and there's a whole website and actually an app that helps support that, meaning, but the app basically puts your phone in airplane mode, but allows you to still use Google Maps so you don't get lost. Um, but, uh, 12hourwalk.com, has got all the information, all the instructions about the walk um, and how you can sign up. You know, sign up, put your name in, pick a date. Um, that just allows me to uh, know that you did it. But more than anything, I can send you a few little inspirational emails to, to nudge you in the continual direction to keep it on your calendar and keep doing it. Um, and then more than anything, after you do the walk, share with me, uh, tag me. I want to hear your stories. I want to share your stories because to me, this is, I guess... Uh... For lack of a better word, I'm I'm leading the charge on, on this cause and, and this inspiration. But at its core, when I think about this global movement, I think this is is for everyone. And sharing other people's stories and other people's experiences with the 12-hour walk has already been so fun. So uh, I look forward to hearing your story on the other side of this 12-hour walk and uh, the shifts and changes um, and how it unlocks your best life.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much, Colin. We'll have those links in the show notes and on our website. And thanks for taking the time to come on the show.
2: Thank you.
0: how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day.